Hey everyone, welcome back to the Two Cents Money Podcast, where we give our two cents on your two cents. So today we have a special guest, Rogel Johnson, um, or better known as RJ, the insurance guy. Um, so he is going to actually give us some insight on the 401 of health insurance. Health insurance is a huge topic. Um, most people have a million and one questions. It's a rather terrifying topic at times because you never um, feel like you have enough information or insight. So we want to make sure that all of our listeners and whoever is watching um, that you have the adequate information to make a smart decision for you and your loved ones. So, um, Rogel, before we get started, do you want to give a brief introduction? Um, well, yes. Uh, thank you for having me on uh, the Two Cents. Um, basically, I am a health and life insurance uh, broker within um, licensed presently in 10 states, um, hopefully in some more soon. Um, I have been doing this for quite a number of years. I have a vast amount of experience in um, not just selling people insurance, but also making sure I find out what their needs are um, and also ensure that I am there throughout the entire um, lifespan of their relationship with me whether it's a short one um, or a long-term one. Um, ideally, I aim to please them, uh, make sure that all of their needs um, are taken care of within um, within their budget um, and make sure that they get something that they are definitely going to use and not just be on their plan and not be used. Um, so... Um, I consider myself to be very trustworthy, um, and I'm here to build relationships, not just uh, sell in, um, plants, basically. And and plant the seeds on having good knowledge. <laughs> knowledge is always yeah. important. Um, exactly. So I like that you uh, threw out one of my favorite words, budget. So we want to make sure that everybody out there makes a savvy decision financially um, and within a budget. So you don't want to buy... Uh, $1,000, you know, insurance that's going to cost you $1,000 a month. And maybe that's half your half your rent, half, half your mortgage. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, there's a ton of options, which we are going to discuss. Um, so we're going to talk about your options, um, the marketplace being reopened by the federal government, and also some important reasons as to why you should get health insurance because a lot of people like myself, I've been in that uh, situation where I'm like, you know what? I don't need health insurance. And then bam, something smacks you in the face, AKA life. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then you realize you need it. And you know, you don't want to have medical bills getting into collections and that just creates a whole nother uh, messy situation. So uh, without further ado, Rogel, you want to hit some great talking points as far as why do you think or why do you tell what do you tell your your clients, your customers? Um, why should anybody really truly look into getting health insurance? Um, to be honest, there are various there are lots of reasons why you should get health insurance. Um, however, the entire process comes off as very overwhelming. Um, it's sometimes very frustrating because you you know that you need this, but then when you what what you need 
is also packaged with something that you don't need. Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes what agents do or what broke and what agents and brokers would do is they sell people things that they don't need. Um, they have them pay high exorbitant amounts of premiums for plans that they're never even going to use um, or that they are not ready to use as yet. Um, so these are things that you have to also that you have to take to take into consideration when you are doing your research and looking for a plan. Um, the purpose of your broker or agent is to take off that sense of overwhelmingness from your shoulders. You should not have to deal with that aspect of things. So wait, um, can you back up real quick? So uh-huh. a lot of people might not truly understand what is a broker or agent because typically um, you have your main sources of healthcare that can come through your employer, right? So you're not really working with anybody specifically, maybe just your HR payroll person. Um, you know, if you are getting some type of uh, government-funded, government-assisted um, healthcare, you're working directly with a government agency, um, whether it's, you know, your county, local organization that's helping you. So what is it? What is an agent? Can you just briefly, you know, in a sentence or two, just quick, so people can kind of just understand, because, you know, that could be foreign uh, language to some of our listeners. Um, well, that's um, actually very good that you asked that question, because I, I should have mentioned it and I forgot. <laughs> um, but uh, there's a slight difference. It's not much of a major difference between the two rules. Um, uh, agent is mainly assigned to... Um, or aligned with sometimes just one organization, mm-hmm. um, whereas a broker can have agents under them and represent various um, carriers across the board um, and have access to a lot more than an actual agent would. Um, okay. So it's not, but there are some organizations that label it differently. They would call an agent the same the same as a broker and okay. they would still have access to various carriers but there are some companies that would um basically categorize it as it is you're an agent for this organization and you are captive and held only by this organization you can only sell their products and services whereas okay. i on the other hand i'm a broker and i have access to various carriers across the entire united states so similar to like a car insurance, you go to Geico, Geico agent, they're only going to sell you Geico insurance. They can't Correct. sell you State Farm or Liberty Mutual. Correct. So, mm-hmm. okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm sorry, back to some great uh, important reasons as to why health insurance is important. Uh, the main, like, um, like I said, you know, one of the main reasons is a lot of people don't realize that they need it or they think they don't need it. Um they often say, I don't need that right now. I'm healthy and I can see properly. My teeth is in good order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't need those things right now. And then something happens three, four months down the road or even nine or five years away from now. You can't foresee what's going to happen then, right? So True. basically what you should do is have your plans put in place for if 
this was to happen. Um, if nine months down the road something catastrophic happens to you, you have coverage. You mm-hmm. have your health insurance that could, would take care of that, right? You don't have to get the maximum plans. You can get the smallest, the smallest plans. At least you get some sort of, some sort of assistance in terms of your medical bills. Yeah. Because medical medical bills put people into some people into bankruptcy, uh, yeah, cause them to lose their homes, everything that they have ruins you know, their so credit, so they can't qualify they can't for get a mortgage, anything. personal loan, credit cards, you name mm-hmm. it. Oh, I know. Correct. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's one. That's one of the major reasons people think that they don't need it. But yes, you may not need it now, but you should have it. Um, another reason would be life-changing, life-changing styles. Um, for example, you would commute normally an hour away from your home mm-hmm. to get to work, um, but that becomes like uh, that becomes exhausting, right? You, I mean, you're sitting in an hour of traffic every day, <laughs> day in, day out. You leave home in darkness. You come back home in darkness. That I know that too well. Ugh. It takes a toll on you sometimes, you know. So you would you would choose, like you said, um, if you're working for a company, you're obviously going to get uh, their group insurance. However, if you leave that company, you don't leave with their insurance. You have to leave that company, go to another company, and then they also put you on what is called a probation. You are put on a probationary period. Not all companies is going to give, are going to give you the benefits from day one. Some companies tell you you have to work there for 90 days, for six months before you start getting the benefits, right? In that period that you move from company A to company B, you would then have to get a short-term plan or you get what is called COBRA. And COBRA is extremely expensive, right? Yep. So... The alternative is to get a short-term health insurance plan until you become eligible for um, the new company's health insurance or mm-hmm. group insurance, sorry. Um, so commuting does uh, cause you to have to change or reconsider your health insurance needs. Um, a hectic work schedule causes you to reschedule, put, to like take certain things into um, consideration. Uh, changing homes. Some people would sign up for plans that um, is considered a HMO, and some of these HMO plans are basically restricted to certain areas. So, for example, if you were to move, change homes, you move from Florida to uh, Nashville, Tennessee, the plan you may have in Florida may not be able to transfer from Florida to Nashville, Tennessee. Mm. And so, see, a lot of people don't that, know that. So you have to make sure that, you know, when you sign up for a plan, that plan is portable, meaning it can move from one state to another state. Another thing they also have to take into consideration is make sure the doctor that you are going to operates under the same network that is that your insurance plan is part of. So in network um, versus out of network. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, just to touch on the last uh, uh, reason why you should always get insurance is, or one of the last ones, sorry, 
um, would be rising medical costs. You know, um, people have medical emergencies, um, things that they don't presume, like I mentioned before, you can't assume what's going to happen five or six months on the road or even two years away from now. Um, you don't want to wait until you are diagnosed with cancer to go get cancer coverage. You're not going to get it. Some mm-hmm. plans have um, some plans have uh, exclusions. Well, not some, but all plans have exclusions, right? Um, some plans would not cover your physical therapy. Some plans will not cover your um, mental uh, mental therapy, right? Um, and men- the mental aspect of things is a broad scope. Yeah. So you can go to the doctor for to find out wh- why you feel a certain type of way. And if the doctor says this is a mental disorder, you are basically excluded from coverage under that that category. So your wow. plan will not cover that, right? Um, so that's another reason why some people plan plans would increase because now aside from the basic health care that they have to get or they have in place they now have to go find something that will cover their physical therapy or their mental therapy um and some most times 99 percent of the times you will not find something that covers those two categories and there are other categories as well um but those two are the ma- the main major aspects where insurance companies don't cover it because it's a it's a cost and a very broad scope that they are not willing to um be part of i would say um hmm, okay so then you either have to find something to cover that or you have to pay for it out of your pocket and that sometimes is costly i mean picture yourself having to go for um to see a psychiatrist uh every once a month for the next mm. 10 20 years a psychiatrist is not the cheapest you know you have to go sit talk to him and pay a hundred dollars every every month for the next uh let's say 20 years you know how much money that is how much I've money talked you to can... people who go to see um <laughs> counselors and <laughs> they're paying like a hundred dollars a session so if they're going every week that's a hundred dollars exactly <laughs> hundred fifty dollars um, yeah I'll be honest with you it's really unfortunate and it's sad that I've known people myself um co-workers and friends who have stopped going to sessions just because the out-of-pocket cost was just insane like I can't afford it anymore you know yeah paying a hundred dollars a week <laughs> that's a lot that's a lot. That could mm-hmm. be somebody's food bill. That could be half your grocery bill for your whole family of four. That's that's an insane amount. It is. It is. So um, these are reasons why people incur high medical medical costs, you know. Um, and uh, you and I had a conversation um, previously where I told you sometimes um, some people actually do benefit from having from getting lower um, medical costs, so it's it mm-hmm. it's not always a bad thing. Um, sometimes people qualify for subsidies based on the zip code that they live in, um, based on their uh, income, based on their family situation. 
they uh, get subsidies from the state or from the government, uh, whichever. Um, so, so it it doesn't always work the way we want it, but sometimes some people, um, I don't want to say they're lucky, but um, they get they get the lucky end of, of, of things, you know. Um, so it's not always a bad thing, um, but you don't want to wait until it's too late to get it. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you definitely do not want to wait until you are too old to get any type of insurance, whether it's health or life. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and I, I mean, if, uh, if it's okay, I just want to touch on some, um, just a couple of other benefits that you can get as well. Um, something that, that a lot of people are not aware of, um, you have to pay for going into an ambulance, mm-hmm. right? You have to pay for going into an air ambulance. If, a, if the ambulance that drives on the road is expensive, do, could you imagine how, ex, how costly the one that flies in the air would be? I hope I never find out. <laughs> Right. I hope I never so, find out. So there are plans that um, there are insurance plans within the U.S. that actually cover those things. They cover um, the uh, surgeries. You cover um, a lot of people are not aware that you don't necessarily need a nurse to come take care of you at your home. If you have a family member that is not employed and mm-hmm. they are willing to, to take care of you, the, the government, once it's approved, the, um, the plan will pay that person to take care of you. So you are helping a family member who is helping you, right? Um, that's, a cov- that's a coverage, uh, an additional benefit that some plans have. Not all of them would have it, but um, some plans have it. Uh, once awesome. you qualify, exactly, once you qualify for it, you know, you, it's an amazing benefit to have. But then you can't wait till the actual circumstance happens to you to say, uh, "Oh, I, I think I should get that on my plan." Then mm-hmm. you're not going to yeah. you're not going to get it, <laughs> you know. So yeah, those are just some of the reasons why it is a smart idea to um, get insurance and make that investment in yourself. Look at it as an investment in your health, not just your. Um, Everyone is excited about buying Bitcoin, so why not be excited about buying a small health insurance plan that covers yep. you and takes care of your health? Definitely, so, yeah. that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. Our body is the most important thing we have. Without our body and our mind, uh, essentially we're nothing. Exactly. Um, especially if you have kids, you have loved ones, spouses, significant others, parents, uh, grandparents. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Health insurance is really important, and I think we forget to talk about why health insurance is important. Everybody's so focused on, well, how much does this plan cost? What's the deductible every month? Um, you know, and for those that don't know what a deductible is, uh, do you want to just briefly give a, a quick definition on what a deductible is? Yeah, um, basically, um, so there are some plans that, have the high deductibles and some plans that have zero dollar deductibles. Um, this is basically a cost that you pay and um, either most most of them are annually. Um, mm-hmm. You cover your annual cost either you pay it, make 
one payment towards your your deductible, or you do it monthly as you pay your premiums. Um, and what that does is it it uh once you pay that deductible, and that is um, covered fully covered, then your you, the insurance plan starts covering everything from there on afterwards. Um, some people feel they rather have a plan that has a zero dollar deductible however that comes with a cost right if you want a zero dollar deductible your premium is going to be slightly higher if you want a plan that has probably the average plan comes with a five thousand dollar deductible once you cover that your premium is slightly lower because it has a deductible right um some people have plans that have deductibles and co-pays. To some people, they don't care whether they have a co-pay or they have a deductible So, um, because they just want a cheap premium. Mm-hmm. However, what happens is when you have a high deductible, what that does is it takes longer for you to actually start getting, reaping the benefits of your actual policy or your, your insurance plan. Because what happens is you have to now take care of that deductible first before the insurance actually kicks in and start, starts covering any of your doctor visits, any of your prescriptions, um, mm. and the sorts like that. So, yes, having a high deductible means you get a lower premium, but it's not always the smartest thing to do because then you put yourself, let's say you have a $10,000 deductible. You have to now satisfy that $10,000 before your plan kicks in. If you are not that sick, then how are you going to do it? Yeah, that's true. You're going to be paying. You're going to be paying for something that you ne- you would never reap the benefits of. So essentially, you you're, so- you're better off just throwing that money in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's that's what you're Say, doing. Oh, basically. Well, I pay two hundred dollars a month for health insurance. Let me just toss it over here. Yeah. Yeah. You pay no, 200, I get it. You, you pay two hundred dollars, and you have a ten or fifteen thousand dollar deductible. And it, every month you pay that two hundred dollars, and you get nothing out of it. You know, so it it doesn't always work the way that you think you want you wanted to. Makes sense. I mean, you can never predict anything. Um, exactly. Actually, this month, uh, probably in about a week, um, coming up on. Um, one year that I had, uh, I was rushed to the hospital, and let me tell you, um, that was unexpected. I'm normally a fairly healthy individual, um, mm-hmm. you know, fairly young in my 30s, late 20s, early 30s, and um, you caught that. I said late 20s, early 30s. <laughs> I'm that old. <laughs> um, I was actually trying to figure out where is it late 20s. Or? Yeah. See, I try and trick people. Um, but, you know, all jokes aside, it, that insurance, that um, medical bill, that was some serious stuff. Um, that that The ride to the hospital in the ambulance itself was thousands of dollars, let alone the emergency surgery I had, all the doctors that come in and out that want to charge you. You know, this one's sticking you with a needle, so they got to charge you. The other one's coming in for blood pressure and, you know, a consult. So, you you know, they're going to charge you too. So all of a sudden you got like five doctors that are on your medical bill. 
Um, and I don't think a lot of people really look at it. They look at the cost. But when you look at the breakdown, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. Um, so I can say firsthand that health insurance is definitely uh, important. Looking at your deductibles is is uh, very crucial to see yes. when do your benefits really kick in and matter. And on top of it, your monthly cost. So definitely some good points. Um, I thank you yeah. for that. We really want to make sure that we educate everybody that we possibly can because this is a huge topic. So let's talk about, uh, let's switch gears and talk about to the marketplace, Obamacare. Um, it was recently reopened by the president, mm-hmm. the federal government. So you want to touch upon that? You know, what can our listeners do uh, when they go onto the website, what's what's accessible there? Um, how do they go about it and whatnot? So um, the first thing I would um, touch on before we go in that is is basically every state has different um, open enrollment guidelines and rules and regulations. Um, some states don't open during certain periods. Some states open during certain periods. Before you go to the marketplace, check your state's open enrollment period. Make sure that um, that it is open um, and that you are eligible to sign up. Um, because if you don't have a life-changing circumstance, then you cannot uh, take part in it. Um, that being said, for example, Maryland has a, their own... Um, Marketplace. It's called Maryland Health Connect. Um, so you go to the Maryland Health Connect and you see all the plans that they allow to sell in the state of Maryland. New York has okay. their own their own um, plans. New Jersey, um, I think Pennsylvania has some restrictions as well. Um, Florida uh, and various other states has their own restrictions. For example, in Arizona. I don't think they are open during the initial um, open enrollment period, which is in um, December. Um, but it's like I said, they all have their their own restrictions, you know, um, and their own rules and regulations. So you well, don't let me just... ask you something. So uh-huh. with the marketplace being reopened, is it not open enrollment? So it's so, still li- for life changes. So it is. Um, your you don't have to have a major life changing circumstance during this period because it's open enrollment. You can okay. join, access any plans. But what I'm saying is that aside from just the open enrollment period, mm-hmm. um, certain states open their marketplace at different periods as well. All right. Okay. Um, so. They, some some places would say, okay, I'm not opening mine during the same period as the federal government is opening the um, the marketplace. I'll open it after. Or I'll keep mines open. I'll open with the federal government, but I'll keep mines extended after the federal government closes their um, open enrollment period. So some states do that, but they all have different marketplace sites that you can go to and find plans on those on those um, sites um, that being said uh, when you go there the the plans that you find 
have, may have low premiums, but high deductibles. That's one thing that you have to yeah. take into consideration. Um, it's very easy. You're not going to be bombarded by agents here, there, and everywhere. But take into consideration, you have a high deductible. You're going to probably have copies, and you're going to definitely have. You would probably have a low um, insurance uh, premium. Sorry, but the cons outweigh the pros. So sometimes it's easier, and then you have all of these carriers that are on the marketplace. Mm-hmm. You, you. This is not your day-to-day job, yeah. right? True. This is not your career. So you are not going to sit there and look at, all right, this plan has this, this plan has that. Which one will benefit me in the long run? And you may, you may pick a plan that will not benefit you in the long run, right? Um, whereas if you sit with a broker or an agent and you basically talk with them, they ask you questions, you answer, obviously you answer the questions, and they can design plans to fit your needs, fit your budget, ensure that you don't have high, um, an exorbitantly high deductible, um, or try to get you a zero dollar uh, deductible plan, right? Get you something that is within your needs, within your budget, something that you will actually use. Um, you can start off with the most basic plan, and then as time goes along, you gradually um, enhance and and do additions and um, modifications to your plan, right? Ensure that before you sign up with an agent that you trust this person and that you get the the uh, um, you get that sense that this person is not just going to sell you a plan and disappear. You want to be able to have that person sell you a plan and know that that person is going to be there with you for the longevity of the plan. So, but that's so, going with an agent. When you go with the marketplace, better known as, you know, everybody knows that with Obamacare, you're not specifically uh-huh. working with somebody though, right? You're you're essentially Correct. just signing up online and Correct. going through those motions, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back to the whole Obamacare, um, topic you know i did some digging because i like to do my own research um especially you know if we're gonna have topics about this healthcare um falls into the financial world just because it has a cost anything that has a cost really should be thrown onto your budget in some way shape or form um mm-hmm. or into your future plans back to kind of what you said about the deductibles so Pennsylvania, for anybody that doesn't know, um, Pennsylvania has its own site. It's called Penny. So initially, when you go on to uh, the federal government website for um, the marketplace, better known as the marketplace, I should say, and you yeah. type in what state you're from, I think it's like a drop-down box, and it'll tell you whether you can continue on the marketplace website or go to your state's website if they have a state-mandated one. So yeah. like I said, Pennsylvania has Penny. And um, for those of you listening that this might be new, you might want to go on there and play around a little bit because even if you have health insurance now, when open enrollment comes, you never know if um, the marketplace is going to offer something better for you. Um, Sometimes there's some tax subsidies because of your income levels. 
And also you might find out and realize that you may qualify for um, something like a Medicaid or depending on your age, possibly Medicare. And a lot of these websites will help you figure that out because sometimes people just don't know. And this is the purpose of why we do these episodes, because we want people to make educated decisions. If you don't know, then you don't know. But um, it's just as simple as that. So I always want to focus on, you know, just trying to point people in the right direction. So kind of looking into what the marketplace offers, I looked at it. I plugged in my information. I plugged in everything, what I'm looking for. And the cool thing is, though, before I get into what I found, um, I have to say it was really cool because there's a search option on the Penny website that it allows you to plug in who your primary care provider is, your PCP. Um, so if you have a specific doctor or me like medical office that you're looking to continue dealing with, you can type that in to make sure that whatever plans populate, they're considered in network for that specific plan. So, you know, I did the search with my PCP, my, 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 my primary care provider, and then I took it off to see, all right, well, let's see. I will tell you the options that came up for me personally, and now folks, I'm only talking about me personally. I can't talk about what would populate for anybody else. Um, it's about maybe five to six times more than what I would pay looking you know somewhere else whether it's through my employer um previous employers or just private plans and the costs were very high um from what i saw and i went page after page messed with the filters to see okay which one's the lowest deductible which one's the highest and i, I saw this one plan i think it was like maybe like 800 dollars a month somewhere around there and the deductible was ten thousand dollars. So I'm so like, what in the world? Ten thousand dollars? I'm gonna pay you almost a thousand dollars a month for a I'm period of twelve months. So think about that. Do the simple math. One thousand times twelve. That's twelve thousand dollars, guys. Twelve thousand mm -hmm. dollars. By the time I reach my deductible, that's even if I ever reach my deductible <laughs> for that year. So like, that's a huge thing to think about. So that's what made me think, like, yeah. you know what? Uh, the marketplace is not an option for me but again that's just me speaking for me personally for my situation somebody else can plug in their information and what fits them and they might have a decent plan maybe a five thousand dollar deductible like you mentioned rogel you said that that's a typical average yeah. um and maybe with their information maybe they're only paying two hundred dollars a month so in that case it might be worth it but for others, and I've talked to quite a few different people, you know, different income levels, and it seems like it's just very expensive with very high deductibles. Um, never rule anything out until you check it out yourself, but definitely some kind of facts to think about, different factors. Um, but always kind of check out for yourself before you make an assumption or you, make, or you rule anything out um, for that matter. But I know um, we really want to hit on the different types of insurance plans. Before we do that, um, I want to touch upon a statistic that I came across. Now, listen closely, anybody that's listening and paying attention, because this was a huge eye opener for me. So in the first half, so first half, the first six months, 
of 2020, 43% of Americans between the ages of 19 and 64 had inadequate uh, inadequate insurance, meaning it was insufficient. Um, it just, it wasn't enough. Um, mm -hmm. It's something to think about because are we underinsured? You know what I mean? Are we uh, overinsured? In that case, you know, they, it was insufficient, meaning they were underinsured, so it wasn't, it wasn't enough for maybe their specific situations. That's a lot, 43%. That's just, that's like a hair off of half of the country. Now in 2019, 26.1 million people did not have insurance at all. So whether that's 8%, 9%, 26.1 million people, that's crazy. And to think that maybe some of those 26 million people, maybe they just didn't have the knowledge or the confidence to say, you know what, I want to explore my options. That's mm -hmm. a lot. That is an absolute lot. Um, and, you know, I've had a few questions before previously, and I know we discussed. Um, I want to hit really quick on the topic of CHIP. And so for most people who might not know what that is, um, it's more of a health insurance that's offered for children, minors under 18, typically. Um, and depending on the state, it may have a different name. So I know in Pennsylvania, it is called CHIP. Typically, you would apply online, similar to how you would apply with your local county for, um, you know, Medicaid, uh, food stamps, the cash benefits. And typically, it's income-based. So mm -hmm. the nice thing about that is typically it goes off of the uh, the federal poverty um, limits, which I believe from what I remember, I think it's like a family of four. The poverty limits for 2020 was roughly like $28,000, $29,000. So that doesn't mean that you, in order to qualify, you have to make that amount. It just means that they do some configurations, some calculations and math to kind of see where do you fall in. If you're a single mom with multiple children or just one um, and you're looking for health insurance for your kid and maybe your job, their insurance plans are just too expensive, look into the different plans. So there's Medicaid and then there's CHIP. So the nice thing about CHIP is that depending on your income, you might have either free health care for your kids or at full cost. I think at most I've seen it where it's like roughly like between 150 and 200 a month, depending on your situation. That depending on that's, that's high. <laughs> your family size and, you know, whatever, that actually isn't too bad. And a lot of times they cover up to almost 100 percent of whatever the procedure is or whatever uh, office visit you have. And I've mm -hmm. seen where the deductibles could range from $5 to $50, depending if it's your usual office visit or the ER visit. So, like, do you have any um, insight, Rogel, on, you know, some of these, like, CHIP healthcare plans or in CHIP overall, maybe? Um, well, so I'm not a uh, disclaimer. I'm not a huge expert on CHIP, <laughs> on the kid plans. Um, but like you said, um, 
some companies, uh, for example, before we even go into trip, um, your employer will offer you a family plan. However, one thing that a lot of people are not aware of is your company does not contribute to your health insurance plan for your family. They contribute for you, right? Um, That being said, you now have to, out of pocket, pay for your kids and your wife, or, sorry, your spouse. Um, so it, it, it does end up becoming costly for you as the, as the, uh, the employee. So what, like you rightfully said, some people do is they go in, they visit their state websites and see what options they have to basically have insurance for their kids. Um, and the chip in Pennsylvania, for example, it, like it's called, um, but the actual name is the Children's Health Insurance Program. Um, these plans start from, like you said, premiums as little as $9 a month. Um, there's no waiting period. Um, so you don't have a, for example, like um, some plans for adults would have a wait period for when you can start using certain certain categories of that plan. For the kids, there's no wait period. Um, uh, the average cost, again, it's based, like you said before, it's based on the income um, of the family. They take all of that into consideration before you actually even qualify. Then they look at um, what you can afford and what that coverage is going to get you. Um, sometimes, it, um, like we mentioned before, it covers 100%. Um, but it it does benefit the family um, exorbitantly, right? Um, there's no wait period, like I said. Um, once your children are enrolled in the plan, it's a guaranteed 12-month coverage. So after that 12-month period, you obviously would have to um, re- either renew the plan again or for another period of 12 months or in between that 12-month period. Um, you don't necessarily have to do the entire 12 month because within that period you can choose to get your to put um, your ch- child on your individual health insurance plan. Yes, your plan is going to increase slightly, but your ch- son or daughter will now have coverage until the age of. Um, it depends on the state. Uh, some states are 24, 25, or some states are even 26. Um, or when they go finish college, whichever is the later, the latter aspect of it, um, or whichever one comes first. Sorry, um, something a lot of people are not aware of: if a child is adopted or um, in care of their grandparents, the grandparent can actually um, apply for the chip insurance for the kids as well. Um, or the, awesome. the, adop- the adopted parents can can insure these kids as well. So, um, I mean, I'm not, uh, like I said, I'm no expert in the chip aspect of things. Um, I can definitely do some more research and uh, be able to answer some more questions on that um, in a later episode. But it is, um, it is very cost effective. It does help families a lot. Um, not only does your income assist in qualifying you for CHIP, but if your child has a rare disease as well, 
um, they could qualify for a trip as well. Um, so there are different determining factors that can help you um, get that type of assistance. Also, too, um, I noticed when it comes to CHIP, just say somebody, God forbid, loses their job. And now, because most employers, you know, within the first 30 days that you leave that company, whether it's voluntary or not, I've noticed that a lot of them will terminate the health insurance. And that's when you typically get that letter about COBRA and you're going to pay basically your whole kidney and your firstborn just to have that health insurance plan. And it's absolutely insane. But uh, something that I noticed is that a lot of times they'll expedite the coverage for your children because they want to make sure that your child is covered. And another thing that I noticed too is that um, someone who is pregnant, so females that are pregnant can actually uh, qualify for CHIP before they even give birth. So that's something to keep in mind too. So if you know anybody or you yourself are pregnant, um, and you're struggling to find health insurance that is sufficient for you and the and the health of your unborn child, definitely look into that because that can be a, a huge factor into making sure that you have the proper care. Um, mm-hmm. So that's something that a lot of people don't know about. Um, I've looked into CHIP myself. I've had CHIP for my child previously in prior years. So I definitely took advantage of it when I could. Um, the cost, according to my income at the time, the cost was was phenomenal. Um, I could not get that anywhere. And to add my, my son into my plan at the time, forget it. You might as well just take my whole paycheck. So for people who are living on somewhat of a fixed income, and again, you don't have to be a single parent. You could be a, a you know, regular-sized average family for however big, small. Um, definitely look into it because even if, you're on the higher end of the spectrum for their income levels, you may just still be paying less for your children to have phenomenal health coverage compared to what your job is offering. So you made a good point, and I appreciate that because most people don't realize that too. You you notice when, you're, when your employer gives you your options for your health insurance plans and they have the individual, then, you know, the individual plus spouse, individual plus um spouse and children which is the family you notice that the cost starts to jump up but you're really looking at it and you're like hmm that's a lot that's a big jump <laughs> you know me as an individual i'm only paying i don't know, let's just say 70 dollars a paycheck mm-hmm. now i add my spouse and it's 270 dollars. but now i add my kids whether it's one or five now it jumps to 500 dollars so definitely that that makes sense when you said that they're really only contributing to the actual employee, which is why it's almost like a discounted, uh, you know, premium because, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe for you, but for the coverage of your spouse and your children is a little bit of a thing. different story. Yeah. Um, so thank you on that. And then, um, you know, to kind of wrap things up, too, I want you to help explain so it's always confusing, um, and I'm sure others can relate. When you see PPO, HMO, and all these other, you know, three-letter 
uh, words, what in the world do they mean? You know, can you clarify that for, for our listeners? What what are they? So a PPO is a preferred provider uh, organization plan. HMO is um, a health maintenance organization. And POS, um, uh, please forgive me, I cannot remember what the POS is, but I think it's... um. I think it's point of service or okay. paid something of, something of service. I can't remember exactly. Um, All right. Well, it doesn't get, matter what they yeah. stand for. What The most important thing is what what's the difference? So um, between so the best option is always the PPO option because mm. the PPO option gives you access to doctors across the entire United States um, within or out of network. Right. Um, uh, HMO plan limits you. It's going to allow you only to visit a, a doctor within the network, and it has to be a preferred doctor that was um, that was recommended. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, basically, you were referred to that doctor, right? Um, okay. Point of uh, the POS basically covers you in terms of a specific service that is required so if you go to the doctor for something that is not the service that they provide it's not going to be covered right um the ppo plans basically cover everything but you can go in and out of network most of the plans that they have under the ppo would cover everything um okay yes your uh, coverage would be slightly lower because you go out of network. Um, so that's why it's recommended that you visit an in-network doctor. Always make sure that before you sign up for a health insurance plan that you make sure your doctor accepts that plan, that it's in-network, so that you can benefit from 100% of the benefits that your plan offers, not just 70% or 50% or whatever, you know. Um and it's portable. You can move it from any state to any state. The HMO plan, you are restricted. POS plans, you are restricted. So that's the. That's good to know difference. because a lot of people have actually moved during this pandemic. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of people are fleeing, like, you know, like the Northeast, going down south and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So that's actually a really crucial factor to consider. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's. Don't, don't worry about the. Uh, the intricacies of it just know that um try to get yourself a ppo plan because those allow you to move from state to state or uh, in or out of network okay makes sense um Mm -hmm. i've noticed too a lot of times when you have like a hmo plan that's when your employer tends to offer like a hsa which is a health savings Mm -hmm. account yeah um and i'm assuming that's just simply because the deductible is higher so when the deductible is higher, um, you know, you want to you want to try and get as many solutions as possible or resources as possible to help cover uh, those those different types of costs. So mm-hmm. for those who may not know about health savings accounts or better known as HSAs, you can typically open them up pretty much any type of bank or credit union. Yeah. Um, always look it up online, whichever um, financial institution you use, of course. But. Uh, a lot of the time, if you have a high deductible plan, you can qualify and up to a certain amount, depending on the tax year, 
you can deduct up to that amount and it's typically um, pre-tax dollars, mm -hmm. meaning it comes out of your paycheck before the federal government takes out all their taxes. So, which is a, is a good benefit, similar to like a 401k, right? You do your pre-tax contributions um, or depending on the IRA that you might have, and that's a whole nother topic in itself. But um, HSAs are actually pretty neat just for the simple fact that depending on the plan, depending on the uh, health savings account that you have, a lot of times the dollars don't uh, quote unquote expire. Meaning, you know, just say you have one for 2021, depending on, on the account, you may be able to roll it over into 2022. So what that means is, just say I have a, you know, I have an employer who allowed me to open up a health savings account because my, my health insurance plan, I chose the cheaper option, but now I had to bite the bullet because it's a higher deductible. So always, <laughs> always something, right? And, um, you know, just say I'm, it's middle of the year and I realize I have $600 sitting in this health savings account. Some of the things that I don't think a lot of us realize is you could buy Tylenol, Advil, Motrin. Um, you could buy a thermometer some, most of the time. Um, anything that's considered like a health essential. So anything that would affect your health. Um, a lot of times it could be like cough drops, cough syrup, uh, medicine for your kids. Even though they might not be on your health insurance plan, it's still considered um, a qualified expense. Your co-pays when you go to the doctor's office. So having a health savings account, if you have a high deductible plan, is phenomenal options because also another great point is if you get it through your employer, a lot of times your employer will offer um, to match or to put a certain percentage into that account as well. So similar mm -hmm. to like a 401k where maybe your employer will match you at 3% or 5%, sometimes with health savings accounts, employers will also match and contribute as well. So think of that as like free money. You put a hundred, yeah. just say maybe, maybe the usual, um, you know, amount that goes into your HSA from your paycheck each time is $12, right? But now your, your employer might put in an additional $12. So that's $24 every paycheck that you can use for your co-pays or anything that we discussed. So that is definitely something to think about. If you are one of those people who have a high deductible plan, look into that, please. And if it's too late to open it up with your employer, visit your local financial institution, see if they offer it. And a lot of times they do. And a lot of times they're very simple to open. So... To kind of wrap it up, uh, you have anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? Um, not not necessarily, but um, I mean, I just want to touch on the HSE aspect of it as well. Um, sure. It is a really amazing option. Um, make sure and read the fine prints because some of them, um, they don't allow you to transfer everything over. Um they allow you to transfer only a portion and you lose the other portion. So you may think that you have a certain amount at the start of the next year and then you don't. So make sure and read the fine prints. Um, use Always the money. read the fine prints. <laughs> Always read the fine prints. Um, use the money and find an agent or a broker. Don't do this on your own. It's not, um, it's not something that you have to do on your own. 
and you don't have to pay your broker or agent to sign up with to help you. Um, if they really do truly want your business, um, they will actually help you. And by helping you, they can actually gain your business because they can show you what they can offer you, which will benefit you, as opposed to you going on the marketplace and picking it yourself and then being overwhelmed and then being angry two or three years longer because you picked something that you wasted $200 a month on and never got benefits for it. Um, so that's just my two cents on uh, the health insurance aspect of things. Um, thanks again for having me. And I definitely did enjoy being on the um, on your podcast. Oh, well, thanks for uh, joining us. Um, I'm sure we have other topics that we would like to discuss, you know, in the future for our listeners, because again, we always like to give our two cents and, um, you know, real quick before we, we hang up, you want to kind of shout yourself out here and give out your contact information. So where can our listeners, um, find you or how can they contact you if, you know, they are looking for health insurance, they have some questions and maybe they want to seek your guidance. So my contact number, it's um, 415-886-5378. My email address, it's rojdinsuranceguy at gmail.com. You can find me on Google at Um, rojdinsuranceguy. Instagram at rojdinsuranceguy as well. Um, Those are the places. I am also on Facebook, which is rojdinsuranceguy as well, too. Um, but I'm easily accessible via email, um, text. Um, so don't hesitate. Feel free to reach out. Just ask a question if you have a question or just simply say, Hey, I need to run something by you. Let's see what my options are. We can, I can help you sign up for it or I can actually get, get you an amazing plan. Um, I am licensed across 10 states so far. Um, and I do plan to be licensed in others um, as the year goes along. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Rogelle, thank you so much. Thank um, you. RJ, the insurance guy, we appreciate you coming on our Two Cents podcast where we give our two cents on your two cents. Um, stay tuned for uh, some of our next coming episodes. We'll be talking about real estate. Uh, If you're looking to buy a home, you're looking to get yourself prepared financially, uh, you're definitely going to want to tune in the next few weeks. We have some great information, some great guest speakers. um, And also stay tuned for April, Financial Literacy Month. We have some great topics for the month of April. And if you ever, by any means, have any topic suggestions or any questions that you want me to answer or bring a guest on for, um, you can find me on Instagram, Two Cents Money. That's T-W-O. S-E-N-S-E, money, um, and also on Facebook, Two Cents Money. Our website, twocentsmoney.com. So you can find us, shoot me a message, and uh, yeah, we will try and coordinate an episode to help make sure that your questions are answered. So thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you.